the week after Easter, and we have something to celebrate. It is that redemption. It is that Holy Spirit-filled power that we have through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is the power that no matter what, we can keep on keeping on. You need to know today, just to put your seatbelt on, because this is not an easy, an easy message. Are you ready? I want to tell you first about those friends in the Old Testament. You, many of you know the story well. The Jewish people had already been in exile and delivered from exile and slavery in Egypt. They had been drawn again years later into exile in Babylon. They were under the King Nebuchadnezzar's rule. And he said, put forth a decree that Anytime you hear all of this fancy music, you drop down where you are and you give homage and you worship this statue of me. Scholars say that that statue of Nebuchadnezzar was probably eight stories high, big and fancy, gold. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel's friends, were in leadership positions they took a stand. They decided not to do what the king had asked them to do. So turn in your Bibles to Daniel 3. We'll start there. Daniel 3, starting with the 16th verse. <clears throat> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to King o Nebuchadnezzar, We do not need to defend ourselves before you. You see, the king had said, if you don't do what I do, we're going to throw you into a fiery furnace and you'll die. Verse 17, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Even if. Some of us are in that situation today. Some of us are faced with life circumstances that we did not expect. Certainly, <clears throat> excuse me, we did not choose. Life is not how we imagined. And circumstances are difficult. Some of you are going through extreme challenges right now. Some of you are completely empty and broken. Some of you are asking, why me, oh God? Why did this happen or why didn't this happen? Some of you are in a fiery furnace right now, either because of your own choices or because of choices of somebody else. What are you going to say? Are you going to respond like these guys did? I don't care what's happening to me. I believe that God has the power to save me. But even if I die in this circumstance, even if I die right now, God is God of my life. My friends, he is asking each one of us to put him at this place of sovereignty. That God is God of the universe, just like we sang. That Jesus is Lord and, our, and Savior of our lives, no matter what. You see, they were thrown into the fire. Nebuchadnezzar had it turned up seven times higher than normal. 
the guys who were sent in to check on them died on the spot. They were bound. They were dressed, it says in Scripture, with their turbans, with full gear, with their sandals, everything. It leads us to believe that they had to put more on because the king thought sure that they would die in the furnace. But they did not. They did not die. And let's see which verse. Oh, this is so cool. Look at your Bibles, verse 25. The king said, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? And the guy said, well, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. That's Jesus. Pre-incarnate Jesus was in the fire with them. And you need to know today, and some of you, I apologize if I look right at you and, and because I'm thinking of all of you. I know some of your stories. I don't know all of your stories. But Jesus wants you to know today that he is in the fire with you. You are not alone. And he's saying, would you keep your eyes on me? Because a lot of us, me included, have gotten distracted and we have turned our focus to the circumstances. We have turned our focus to the evil that's going on around us. We have turned our focus to the circumstances. And Jesus said, I am right here in the middle of the circumstances with you. Would you keep your eyes on me? <sighs> this is good stuff. <laughs> Verse 28 says, they trusted in him. My friends, this is what it's all about. Life is hard. There are circumstances that we do not cho choose. And instead of naming all of those circumstances I'm, I know about you, just put yourself in that statement. You know that this is a fiery furnace. You know that if you had your druthers, there is no way in hell that you would choose that way. But Jesus has called you here for a reason. And this is the tough part. God allows us to experience fiery furnaces because he does not want us to remain the same. He has something that he wants done in us. That's the, that's the Holy Spirit sanctification process. That's the transformative process. When we are followers of Jesus, we are expected to continue to, to follow the path of righteousness so we are transformed in his image. I get the question every single week, almost every day. Why is a good God, a God who you say is so good, why is God allowing this to happen to me? And I will flat out tell you, I don't have the answers. But I know that God is allowing this to happen, first of all, so that you can get something right in your life, so you can fix something in your life, and so that your life then even more can bring glory and honor to him. Because you see, it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about Jesus. I had several Holy Spirit two-by-fours this week. And the main theme over and over was, 
It is not about you. Who do you think you are? And you need to hear that more than likely God is asking you that same question and telling you, it is not about you. It is about my son Jesus who gave it all so that you might live. He is the the other person in your fiery furnace. You are not alone. And we need to hang on to the hope that we have in him. Hebrews 10, turn there. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold unswervingly. Get that image, whatever it looks like to you. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. My dear friends, we have to cling to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. He is our only hope. We try to put our hope in other people, in other things. We try to do other things to get our situation or our circumstance to be better. And sometimes I'm just saying there is nothing we can do other than to take one step at a time moving forward. Jesus is our only hope. He is our living hope. He is the promise of God. This, from start to finish, is is a book of promises reminding us over and over and over and over that God is a faithful God, that God holds true to his promises. Last week, I think... Easter, Brent referenced that tree of life, the new heaven and the new earth, the whole vision of revelation that will come. We know the end of the story. We know that God will come again. Jesus will come and we will be able to live eternally in the new heaven and the new earth. There will be a new Jerusalem. We know the end of the story, but we've got to live from day to day. So then we claim the promises, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. You and I have taken our eyes off Jesus. We've let the world be our focus. We've let the circumstance be our focus. We've let the challenge be our focus. We've let other stuff, other people be our focus. Turn to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. Been hanging out here a lot the last couple weeks. 1 Peter, it's a, a book of encouragement. For the believers. First Peter 1, starting with the third verse. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. Remember last week when we celebrated the old has passed away, the new has come? We are born again. We have new life in Jesus Christ our Lord. He has given us new birth into a what? Say it out loud. A living hope. It's not when we die and go to heaven that we'll finally be okay. It is that in the midst of all that is, Christ Jesus is our living hope. Into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. <clears throat> All right, here you go. In this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, these have come so the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible glory, inexpressible, inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You are receiving it doesn't mean, hey, when, just hang on. When you die and get to heaven, you'll receive the, the, the benefit of your faith. It means right now you, you can receive the full benefit of your faith. What are those things? New birth, living hope, and inheritance, our identity. Our righteousness comes from Jesus Christ, our Lord it doesn't come from other people or other things. It doesn't come when all is well in our lives. It doesn't come when our life is going just the way we thought it would. It goes the way it goes because Jesus is in the fire with us. And then it says, through faith, shielded by God's power. I confess I can't do a thing without God. Nothing. I am weak. But with his, his strength, I can keep on keeping on. Some of you are, I, I see it on your faces. You're feeling it. This is God's message for you today. God is in the fire with you through his risen son, Jesus Christ. Don't give up hope. Cling to the promise. Christ is your living hope. Right here, right now, in whatever you're going through. I'm going to choose to each and every day profess that even if life looks a lot different than I thought it would, would look, I'm going to give Jesus all of the praise all of the glory, and all of the honor because he gave it all for me. Even if things are hard, I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to fight and all of you need to hold me accountable. I'm going to do my best not to be distracted because, oh, it's so easy to be distracted. That's where when I say we need our people, when we need brothers and sisters of the faith who will hold us accountable, who will edify us, who will, who will encourage us, that's what I mean. We can't do this on our own. Because then we, we shifted into this gear of, okay, I got it. 
I, I can do this. And that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, stop. Put it in park and let me do it. Let me drive. Right? There's a, a powerful song by Mercy Me called Even If. And the head singer, Bart Millard, gives quite a, a testimony about that. So I want us to share that. I want to hear, I want you to hear his testimony. Put yourself in that story. And then Nick's going to lead us in that song, and then we'll continue in worship. It's, it's interesting because when you stand up here, a lot of times people think you're supposed to have it all together. You have answers. We walk around hovering two inches off the ground, and God is good, how you know, and all this kind of stuff. And man, that is not the case. There are some days where I don't want to stand up here, and I don't want to tell you that it's going to be okay, because I don't believe you. Pardon my friends, but sometimes life just sucks. Oh, that's what's happening for that, right? <laughs> amen, amen. doesn't exist is wasting everybody's time. So this song was written like on the last minute and I was having a bad day because like I said I have five kids. My oldest son Sam is 15. Sam was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when he was two years old. And so if you know anything about chronic illnesses you know what I mean when I say it, it, when I say it never goes away. You have your good days and your bad days. You spend time in denial. But it's still there waiting on you. So this particular day, it didn't start off well. Probably something my kids did. They wake me up early. It's not cool. I always blame my kids my bad day. We had a checkup, like a six-month checkup. And I don't even know if the checkup is good or bad. It doesn't matter. It's just a reminder that, hey, this thing is real and your life revolves around it. And then, so I leave there. It's like going to the principal's office. They could say, man, your kid is really healthy. Which like, I could have done more is what you feel like just beat you up. Well, then we're leaving there. We run into this dear friend of ours, this godly woman that starts asking, hey, tell me about diabetes. I don't know much about it. So we go through all of our statistics that we've memorized over the years that Sam has had over 37,000 shots in his lifetime. Every time food goes in his mouth, the shot goes in his arm or leg. And, and so we're saying all this stuff and she stops in the middle of it. She goes, you know what? We're going to pray that God heals him. Now, hold on. Don't clap because it ticked me off. But my church, good little church face, smiled and said, God is good <laughs> all the time. What I want to do is grab my shoulders and go, really? A healing for my son? Like that's never crossed my mind for 13 years? What a novel concept. Because I was having a bad day. I blame my kids. But sometimes it's the last thing you want to hear because deep down, a part of me wrestles the fact that I know God can heal him, but for whatever reason, he's not. But you know what? That's okay. So what we see in our house, Sam's just going to change the world as a diabetic. And it's okay. Man, 
there are times when it doesn't feel okay, and I just want to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I want to have the courage to stand in front of the fiery furnace and say, I know that God can deliver us, but even if he does not, I'm still not going to surrender. I'm still not going to bow because he's worth it. Because deep down, even though there are times I'll forget who I am, luckily he never forgets me. And there are times when I want to give up. But the bottom line is the only way I can get up every morning and go through this is because of what Christ has already done. No circumstance will change who I am in Christ. It'll try. Sometimes it feels like it's going to win. Regardless of what we go through, he's bigger. We have to believe that with all of our hearts. Or otherwise, what do we do? So I don't know what you're going through. I know that we all go through something. If you haven't yet, God bless you. It's coming. <laughs> it's interesting. Most of the people that I see that are standing in front of the fire have an aunt that has cancer. She gets it more than I do. almost gone. She looked at me and said, do you think this is going to win? No. I won a long time ago. I'm like, how does she get it standing there and I'm just having a bad day and I'm struggling? So, this song simply goes out to any of you fine people that have ever had a bad 